Greg Davis back in with you here on Priority Talk on this Friday evening. All right, let me let me get to this uh, culture in collapse. Uh, an article by uh, really the brilliant uh, Victor Davis Hanson. Um, his commentaries are always really good. I don't always read them, uh, but uh, this one caught my attention. I thought it was uh, thought it was really good. I, I don't have time to get to all of it, but uh, I want to give you some of the highlights, and I think you'll get the feel for it. And then I can uh, post it, and you can read it in its entirety. Um, here's some of what he says. He talks about the last six months. We've borne witness to many iconic moments evidencing the collapse of American culture. The signs are everywhere and cover the gamut of politics, economy, education, social life, popular culture, foreign policy, and the military, and they share common themes. Our dissent is self-induced. It's not a symptom of a foreign attack. Our erosion is not the result of poverty and want, but of leisure and excess. We're not suffering from existential crisis of famine, plague, or the collapse of our grid and fuel sources. Prior, four poor and war-torn generations now seem far better off than what we are becoming. Hmm. And uh, that reminds me of, uh, you know, when Cleet Hux was uh, coming with us regular, one of the uh, points he made uh, about um, America being tested by its freedom. And uh, the, in the comparison to, say, like to Russia, to the Soviet Empire being uh, trusted by its um, or being tested by its um, uh, by its chains, you know, how would it sur- would it survive? And then America was tested by its freedom. And that's really what he's saying here. We we we're uh, we've been tested by leisure and excess. And how have we done? Well, if you just go to what we've been talking about um, with with the gambling issue. I mean, gambling in America is uh, really it's America's you know number one issue really when it comes to economic and and addiction and, and personal issues. It's uh, it's a huge issue. It's right there at the top if it's not number one, and that comes out of excess and leisure, and that's exactly what what it is. Uh, so Victor da- Davis Hanson goes on. What is happening to us is. Uh, is not due to an adherence to a too strict conservative tradition, but is almost exclusively, exclusively the wage of a progressive project. In short, we're seeing fissures that America has not experienced in our cultural history since the Civil War. The radical left apparently feels such chaos, anarchy, and nihilism are necessary to topple past norms and customs, and therefore adhere to a socialist equity agenda that no one in normal times would stomach. Some of the decay is existential and fundamental, some anecdotal and illustrative, and boy, we talk about all of those here, all, all forms, existential and fundamental and anecdotal and illustrative. Uh, when we come back from the top of the hour, I'm planning on uh, giving you a story about Sports Illustrated. It's, it's illustrative of the decay. Go woke, go broke. But he says, either way, while decline came about gradually over decades, remember the old frog in the kettle, the boiling water? Yep, that's it. It's sudden and abrupt chaos during the three years of Biden's presidency has shocked Americans. And then he goes on to talk about several different aspects. He, uh, he talks about a financial implosion, military crises, race, the sexes, lawlessness, 
education, and the end of sovereignty. And he hits each one of these with a, a paragraph or two. And uh, it's just really, really insightful what he has to say. Um, let me hit a couple of them here. We can't go into all of them. But let's, let's talk about the financial implosion. Again, this is Victor Davis Hanson. He says, as long as interest rates were de facto zero, both parties ran up a gargantuan debt. What's the uh, debt now? $34 trillion. Now the national debt has grown beyond anything any of us could have ever imagined. But two odd things have also happened under the Biden administration that are beginning to undermine the very existence of the U.S. financial system. Number one, interest rates. We all know they've soared from almost nothing and are uh, to a trajectory of 5.5%, meaning that interest on the debt, in theory, is not too distant future, will require 20% of the annual budget. And that'll squeeze out both entitlements and defense. Number two, the upcoming rendezvous with American uh, economic Armageddon has not slowed a Biden administration intent on borrowing nearly $2 trillion in the current fiscal year. The public is baffled. Is the left playing chicken with us? And they do that every time. We're in it right now, right? We're in this right now as they threaten, they need another continuing resolution to keep the government funded. It's a game of chicken, and Republicans always lose that game. He goes on to say it's a strategy to gorge the beast, therefore demanding even higher federal taxes, which combined with many state taxes now exceed 50% of one's income. I'll say there, what you've done is you've, uh, you tax people to the extent to where they lose all incentive to go out and be successful. And, uh, and, and you know, why would I go out and pay over 50% of my taxes to pay for things that other people who don't work and, uh, and aren't successful benefit from? You, you tax the motivation right out of people, and that's what we're seeing happen. That's why you've got jobs everywhere, and you can't get people to fill them. And that's something we're dealing with in this state is, uh, is job readiness, job preparedness. The jobs are there. Why aren't people taking the jobs? Well, there's a lot of reasons, but that's part of it. Is the goal, he goes on to say, massive redistribution by ensuring equity, in quotes, by gouging the middle class and the rich? Or is the left's go more nihilistic to force a remedy for insolvency? by ensuring high inflation, renouncing government debt, or government appropriation of private capital. In other words, is it just to destroy the economy? Nihilistic. Uh, that's the economy, the financial implosion uh, that we are uh, seeing as part of the collapse of the American culture. Uh, then he goes on to military crisis. I'll, uh, I'll not get caught up in that one. I don't have time to do all of these, but I won't get caught up in that one. Um, and it's longer, too. He talks about race. He says, why when so-called non-white ethnicities and races were achieving parity with or exceeding the majority population in per capita income, and when racial intermarriage was commonplace, did we blow up the values of the civil rights movement and revert to pre-civilization tribalism? Who were the sophists who convinced us that racially segregated dorms, safe spaces, and separate graduations or using race as an arbiter of admissions and hiring was not racist? When did we lump together an entire cadre of diverse ancestries, ethnicities, religions, politics, classes, and values, and dub them all white, and then smear them collectively in stereotypical fashion? 
when did we calibrate race as the chief determinative factor in our, in our identities? In other words, people see their race before any other thing about themselves. That is who they are, is what their race says they are, instead of who we are in Christ or who we are in our character. He goes on to say, have we become pre-modern, pre-modern tribal people, feuding clans right out of the Norse sagas, ghosts or the Balkans, nursing ancient grievances and hatreds? Since when in history has a nation's diversity ever been preferable to its unity? Good question. Then, then he goes on to the, uh, to the sexes. Did anyone in, say, 2004 believe that in just 20 years the left would try to mainstream the previously rare medical melodia of gender dysphoria into a transgendered civil rights issue by insisting on three rather than two sexes? Who could have predicted that 20 years ago? Would anyone have believed that leftists, gays, and feminists would have done their best to destroy a half century of female athletic achievement by allowing biological males to compete in women's sports and thereby erase the record performances of three generations of women? Would anyone have believed that a feminist, an accomplished swimmer like Riley Gaines would be cornered, swarmed, threatened, and barricaded in at a university for the crime of daring to state the obvious? that transgendered women are still in terms of their uh, skeletal physiques and frames males and thereby have no business competing in women's sports? Would anyone have believed that a gay Senate aide would have engaged in passive, unprotected sex in a public and hollowed Senate chamber, filmed in graphic detail his act of sodomy, had it circulated among friends and social media, and then when outrage followed, claimed victimhood by accusing those offended of being homophobic toward him and his active partner. Wow. Victor Davis Hanson with some of my own commentary. Um, he, he goes into lawlessness and education and the end of sovereignty. Let's, let's talk about lawlessness. Uh, we're witnessing the steady erasure of jurisprudence, both civil and criminal. Does the law as we know it a mere decade ago, even still exist? Massive looting with impunity is now largely exempt from justice in our major blue-collar cities, or blue-state cities, I'm sorry, Democrat cities. Uh, you can loot with impunity. That's true. In Compton, a van slams into a Mexican bakery as waiting crowds swarm, loot, and destroy the business. And for what? Some free pies and some cakes. Or the nihilist delight in ruining the livelihood of a hardworking family business. Such smash and grab rob stores of billions of dollars in revenue each year. Can we even comprehend that employees and security guards are now ordered to stand down as if the apprehension of such thieves might in some way seem liberal or racist? Does anyone even care that pro-Hamas protesters, many in America, as guests on green cards and student visas, shouted support for the October 7th massacre of Jews, screamed for the destruction of Israel and the Jews in it, shut down the Manhattan and the Golden Gate Bridges, defiled the Lincoln Memorial and White House gates, disrupted Christmas celebrations in our major cities with complete exemption. Is storming the California legislature and disrupting it in session now a felony in the manner of those convicted after January 6th? Or do we have two sets of laws, 
dependent on ideology, race, and party affiliation. In one of the most chilling videos in memory, Las Vegas Clark County District Court Judge Mary Kay Holthus was recently and violently attacked by an unshackled career felon defendant. We all saw that video. We talked about it here. The guy had three prior violent felony convictions and was facing additional new felony counts. So the uh, the assailant leaped over the justice's bench. We all saw him jump and, and beat her and pull her hair before two bailiffs uh, restrained him. Why was Redden out on a parole given his violent record? And why was he not shackled given his toxic past? His self-admitted efforts to kill the judge, his ability to nearly pull it off, and the record of past leniency accorded him are a commentary on a sick society. But then again, in our major cities, George Soros' subsidized prosecutors have all but destroyed civil society. They've been systematically releasing felons and violent criminals on the same day they were arrested, freeing convicted felons early from prison and jails, sabotaging the law by arbitrary enforcement on the grounds that it's inherently either unfair or racist. He's just laying it out. These are things that have happened that are happening. Uh, the post-civilization civil bookend to that pre-civilizational subterfuge was a systematic legal effort for the first time in the American history to remove in an election year the leading primary and general election candidate Donald Trump from various state ballots. The Soviet-like charge was that he was guilty of insurrection, a crime that he's never been charged with, much less convicted of. Meanwhile, three state prosecutors and one special federal counsel all left us, and some previously bragging in their own election campaigns on their intention to destroy Trump have charged candidate Trump with an array of felonies. The vast majority of Americans agree Trump would have never been so charged had he just not sought the re-election or had he been a liberal Democrat. So strong stuff, my friend, from Victor Davis Hanson. Uh, I'll post that uh, article. It's on his website, victorhanson.com. But I'll tell you, I'll post it to our social media. If you want to head to Priority Talk, I'll post it there, and uh, you guys can read it for yourself. And there's more to it as well. He goes into education, and then he also uh, goes into the end of sovereignty. And, um, boy, um, that it, it's very sobering when he gets to the end. And he says, in some, American civilization has been turned upside down, and we have a rendezvous soon with the once unthinkable and unimaginable. All right, uh, top of the hour, we'll be back. Dr. Tony Beam will join us next hour, and we'll talk uh, politics, South Carolina style. Stay with us.